Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and we're here tonight for Detention Live, our bi-weekly loose format talk show podcast sort of thing. Uh, joining me tonight as usual is Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, if you're not already aware, Chris is the host and GM of the Redemption podcast, a Star Wars actual play. I believe, Chris, you're the longest running Star Wars actual play. Is that Do I have that correct? I still say that, and I'm still waiting for somebody to prove me wrong. All right. Well, until then, we will we will claim it. We will stake our our flag in that, uh, or in the sand of that. I don't. I'm gonna move on. Anyways, joining us tonight is our special guest, all the way from Paris, France, is Guillaume, a artist and tabletop role playing game designer. Uh, Guillaume, it's like three o'clock in the morning there. I am so sorry that you got up to see this crap show of a twitch stream we're trying to put together but thank you so much for joining please say hello and tell people yeah. a little bit about yourself hello so i'm guillaume i'm not from paris uh, i'm uh from uh, lyon it's okay. uh um another city i'm an ignorant small. american if you said paris i assume or if you said france i assume it's paris my, my yes of course okay so you are in new york it's a correct no no i'm, <laughs> new in, york. I'm in kentucky no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding um <laughs> So uh, I'm uh, French. I, I um, my job is actor. I I, I have my own uh, small theater company in Lyon. Um, I, I uh, tell this because um, the link between the theater and uh, RPG are very important for in my life. Uh, I used to play and run uh, RPGs. I used to um, make workshops with Young in a public library uh, to create, uh, to write uh, RPG or play or something. I used to write some indie games and I used to draw for uh, my own games and for uh, uh, different uh, creators, indie creators, uh, French, uh, American, like uh, uh, Christopher Menel or uh, Ray Otis example okay um and i really like to discover um new people and new way of playing well welcome like once again to the show uh, i am so grateful that you agreed to get up so early uh to be on the show i am again <laughs> so sorry that the streaming part is not working so this isn't actually live tonight but we are recording it for the youtube as well as the audio only that will come out uh, next week uh, but we're going to push on as if we were live and there's just no one was watching. I know that's hard for us to do, Chris. We're so used to having thousands and thousands of people, but we will just pretend <laughs> like they're there and we're ignoring them. So, do you want I I uh, wake up my wife to have some uh, audience? Yeah, that'd be great. She, <laughs> you know, she could be the the peanut gallery in the back. Uh, so we're going to start as we always do here with extracurricular, and this is where we just kind of talk briefly about whatever is going on in our lives, what we're up to top of mind stuff books we've been reading tv shows we've been watching movies audio anything whatsoever uh chris i'll start with you tonight chris what you been up to buddy uh it's been a busy couple of weeks i'm mostly prepping for my vacation oh nice which we leave tomorrow for uh we're gonna go to an island uh off the upper peninsula here in michigan we're gonna go canoeing for 11 days from lake to lake and just uh, literally unplugged because there's no internet service. There's no cell phone service. Uh, similar to Kentucky, uh, only further north. Yeah. 
it'll be real fun. It's something my wife and I have been planning for a couple of years with some other friends. It's the first time I think in probably almost 10, 12 years that we've gone camping without kids mm. for all of us. So it's going to be a unique experience that we don't have to wrangle all the kids in the morning and get them doing things. And we can relax and do adult things, adult beverages. I mean, just relax. <laughs> uh, the other nice thing is, is uh, we have no uh, scout goals we have to achieve. Usually on trips like this, they set a mile goal. Uh, we have a mile goal of whatever we feel like for the day mm. versus, oh my gosh, we got to do 12 miles so we can stay on task. This time, if we decide we don't want to go anywhere, we'll just stay where we are and take naps and go fishing and swimming and whatever else we decide to do. So it'll be nice. Nice. That I'm sounds excited. amazing, but uh, it also sounds terrifying that in the state of the world, it, you could literally have like a walking dead situation where you come back <laughs> to civilization after 11 days and the world is just gone. That could be unique. It'd be interesting. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen, but I do hope you enjoy uh, your time. It does sound pretty amazing, honestly. Uh, I think I've, I've mentioned several times I'm kind of addicted to the show Alone, which mm -hmm. is uh, a reality show based on the History Channel where they take 10 survival experts and drop them literally by themselves. They have to self-film with uh, portable cameras just sort of living off the land and last person standing wins a lot of money. So I, I can't help but think that there might be some alone, which I mean, you're with people, but still, you know, you're, you're secluded, you're cut off from other people and that's exciting, but also scary at the same time. Ah, we've been prepping for it. We got enough food for the time. So that's the fun part. It's well, not fun part. That's the, that's the unique part is carrying things around when you, have to move the canoe from one lake to the next. But remember, we learned this at the faculty retreat. If you have to go into a cannibalistic situation, don't eat the fat people first. Turns out nope. skinny people will taste better. People. That's, what we, that's what we learned at the faculty retreat. Whether that's true or not, I'm going to believe it is so for the rest of my life. Uh, anything else from you, Chris? Not, not too much. I was just really prepping for that work and just trying to relax a little bit. All right. Well, the, faculty the faculty retreat was what? Two weeks, not even two weeks ago. The week after was the fastest week in my life. It went from Monday to Friday in a blink of an eye. I could not believe that it had gone that fast. Uh, so yeah, it's already a week and a half behind us. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I enjoyed so that. We'll have to play some games soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least not for another 12 days anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. And Guillaume, well, I'll go to you next. So uh, you know, again, this can be anything that you're working on, want to want to share with uh, us and strangers on the internet. What have you been up to, buddy? Uh, um, uh, I, I'm in holidays since yesterday. Hmm. Uh, so uh, today uh, was my first day without working, and uh, I can um, spend with my kids because uh, July uh, is the most important month for our uh, theater company so i didn't really so my kid during july so i spent all my day with my kids and with my daughter she's uh, eight years old um we started to create a new rpg she she said uh dad i i want uh, a game uh, called um, Amster Ninja uh, visiting uh, the haunted um, castle of the bad orcs. Okay. 
So we started to work on it uh, at the beginning of the afternoon today. And uh, I have a lot of things to draw because I, I'm, I have some dragon to draw for the French translation of Epilion, uh, the RPG edited by Matpai Games. Okay, yeah. In, uh, yeah, and I work on the French translation. But I want to spend a lot of time now to, to, to read books, to watch uh, serial on TV. I, I just begin a Korean serial called um, uh, Demon Catcher. It's a, a group of um, people who try to, in Korea, they, they have a restaurant of noodles, but they also kill demons. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yes, it's. Uh, I really like this uh, serial. And uh, I have. Uh, I, I read. Uh, read a lot of comics because I. I'm, uh, I, I love comics, and there is a, a French one. I, I. I. I don't think it exists in America, okay. uh, but if some someone in your show uh, can read French. Uh, it's a very, very good French comics called Soroctone. Uh, uh, I will give you the link. Uh, it's um, uh, a story of kids uh, in the world um, <clears throat> after the apocalypse. And it's very pulp. It's very um, colorful and uh, it's about uh, Adventure. It's about uh, teenagers. It's about uh, uh, all link to to our world. You know, uh, all um, objects of our world uh, become uh, uh, only relics in the in in this world. It's very very clever and very fun. It's a very very good uh, comics. There is two uh, Tom two books. Uh, for now, and the story will finish with the third one, maybe uh, next year. But I will give you the links. And the author uh, called Erwan Surkouf is a very good guy, and uh, he play uh, role playing games, so it's a very very good guy. Nice. Yeah, uh, one of our regular faculty members here, Tom, is also a huge comic book reader and uh, in fact tomorrow morning we are going to be recording an episode where we're going to discuss how comic books can like influence DMing style like what what lessons yeah. we can take from comic books and apply into our games um, so that will be a fun episode I'm looking forward to recording tomorrow which is will be part of my extracurricular uh, obviously a catacon is we are hip deep right now and getting ready for that I've been communicating with vendors and with people doing demos and getting everything transferred from the Kickstarter into the tabletop event site. I'm still talking to the DCC, which is our venue. They are making things really difficult on me. They have changed their prices without me knowing it. They have changed their services without me knowing it. Uh, so I'm getting a little bit worried and frustrated, but we are, I'm trying to stay positive. We're going to carry on. We're going to have the event, but uh, the kind of the exciting news is we have decided I guess the royal we, because it's just me. I have decided that we are going to do a companion online event. So this is the first official announcement of it. I'm, uh, I'm going to make a big thing next week. 
So if you can't travel to Dayton, Ohio, November 5th, 6th, and 7th, we are going to have a simultaneous online convention that you can join and run or play games there. I have no idea how many people are going to want to participate. I'm hoping not many because everyone's going to show up. But the way things are going with the Delta variant and other you know, issues here, there is certainly a possibility that we may not even be able to have a catacon. So it makes sense to have this already built and in place, have the structure so that if we have to, not last minute, but like late in the game, move everything over, then we've already done all that groundwork. It's also a way for us to honestly raise a little bit more money uh, because the DCC is going to be more expensive. So badges are going to be really cheap, like two bucks and five bucks are going to be the, the dollar amounts. If you want to run games, it's $2 for a badge. If you're just there to play, it's going to be five. Yeah. That covers anything that you can and get into and play. But if we get, you know, 30, 40, 50, 100 people sign up, that's just more money that I can uh, throw towards the, uh, the expenses. So uh, there'll be more information about that coming as we go. Uh, but there will be an online companion uh, convention, which uh, some people have already asked for. So that's another reason why we're doing it as well, because people want it. Uh, and then lastly, I will say Action 12 Cinema, because if you thought you were getting through a detention without me <laughs> talking about it, you were wrong. Um, I went to a local convention here near me called Lexicon, which is a really nice, small regional convention. It's a little bit bigger than a Catacon, but not much. I'm friendly with the people who organizers they often throw money at our kickstarter i often throw support their way i run games for them i, I have to promote them so uh, really good people i ran well technically i ran four play tests of action 12 cinema on saturday and across the board i got nothing but positive feedback uh eight different people tried the game all eight said they would buy it and or back the kickstarter if that was available right now but the the biggest piece of sort of positive reinforcement that i got is in the third play test, which was supposed to be the last one, only two people, two people showed up. Um, so I, I played the game, everyone had a great time. It was a ton of fun. And as we were kind of doing the recap and I'm getting their feedback and you know getting their names and stuff for like the play test information, two other people walk over and just just kind of, you know, like, what are you doing? And I kind of start giving them the, just a the high level pitch and they're like, that sounds great, Do, you know, can we play? And I'm like, yeah, I'll run another play test for you. And the two people that had just played were like, we'll play again. And so I had four nice. people for the last play test, which wasn't even scheduled and it just happened. And just the fact that those two people were like, without question, like, yes, I will play this again right now. They could not have given me anything like verbally or even written down that would have been more positive and affirming. And I just, I really think I got a game. Like, I've never designed a game before. I'm still worried that at some point someone's going to say, this isn't a game. These are just a bunch of words that tell us to roll dice. Uh, but despite my apprehension and my imposter syndrome, all signs point to, yes, I have actually designed a game that people, in fact, want to play. And that makes me very, very happy and, and excited. So Is we it the, the Jim Less game you, um, you, you're writing now? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, so... It, the, it, Go ahead. Can you uh, repeat the title? Yeah, it's called Action 12 Cinema. So it's all about bad movies, but not bad movies, the yeah. good bad movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In French, we say, we say nanar in French. Nanar? It's, uh, nanar, it's um, the very, very bad movies. Uh, they are so bad, uh, so they become a cult or a 
yes. you know, beautiful, poetic. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. definitely kind of what we're going for. Any any bad action, you know, over the top action movie where the characters are broadly defined, uh, very shallow, you know, just uh, fun to watch, but just don't think about them too hard. And it only uses D12s because that's the best die. It's all GMless, so you roll in a bunch of charts and it tells you who the bad guy is. You know, it might be like robots from the future and they're trying to use like a weather machine to, to hold the world hostage. Um, you know, so it, it, all the stuff that you need to start the game is, is based on charts or the table creates it. Like, you know, we collectively create some NPCs. We collectively create the locations where the, the movie starts and ends. And then, then it's just mostly like improv. Like you can literally be like, thank God you're here, Steve. I need your hand with this time machine. And then you're just trying to get everybody to be playing it all the time. Uh, so it really quickly devolves into just improv with D12s, which turns out a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it's looked like, um, I, I think it's not the, the same design, but it's really the same spirit that my game uh, Sonia and Conan versus the ninjas. Yeah, uh, Kalem yes. did a play test and he, that's the first thing he said because there's a lot of similarities between the, again, not in like the bad way, but just like uh, appreciating the similarities that it's high improv, GM-less, you know, you just use a bunch of prompts. I even use note cards. I think he said you do the same thing. Like you write an NPC on a note card and you put it on the table yeah. so everybody can see them. So uh, I, I hope mine gets made as well. Then we can both share uh, these games with the world. Yeah, yeah. When you when you will um, ah, when you will be ready to read mine, mm -hmm. uh, just send me a uh, a message and and I will give you. Oh, fantastic! That would be very sweet. I uh, I have an editor that I've hired. They are they are working on it right now. Like they actually just started at the beginning of the month, going through and and getting things done. So probably within by the end of the month, I'll have enough of it locked in that I will feel comfortable reading another game that's sort of similar. Uh, so probably by the end of the month, I might be ready to take a look. That would be fantastic. All right, so let's move on. We're going to jump into our first improv game, and this is Ten Things. And so this is a game where we're going to take turns prompting one another to create a list of 10 things that match the prompt. The idea here is immediacy is more important than accuracy. So a good list of 10 things is not as good as far as the game is concerned as a fast list of just nonsensical things. If you do really well and you can marry them and come up with 10 good ones fast, even better. So Guillaume, you are the guest tonight. So would you like to go first? in receiving a prompt so you would then be giving the list or would you want to go first in giving the prompt and someone else gives the list um just to be sure because once again my my english is shit uh uh if you give me a prompt i have to give you 10 words about this uh, uh, 10 words or 10 examples so I, I might say give me 10 comic books you like to read Okay. Uh, or okay. 10 movies or 10 uh, role playing, 10 of something. And then you try okay. to come up with 10 that fit the prompt as quickly as you so can. So I have to, to, to say 10 things very quickly. Yes. So In English at three of the morning. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, honestly, they could be in French. If, if that is easier. Yeah. Um, uh, French, Japanese, Polish, as you want. Yeah, English, Any English. language. All right. So do you want me to give you the prompt first or do you want to give me a prompt first? Hi. 
Oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I wake up my 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 wife. I'm so sorry. sorry. I, I speak very fast. Um, g g give me a prompt. So, go all on. right. So yeah. So I I will go with a comic book, and these can be French based or any any language you want. So, uh, ten of your favorite comic books. Yeah. Uh, Sorokto, like I said, um, I really love uh, all the Miss um, Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan uh, comics. Two, two. Uh, I really love uh, Larsenet. It's a, a French author. Uh, I will give you some links. Larsenet, the best uh, comic author of the world. Okay. It's not an American one. It's a French one. The best is a French. Okay. Um, uh, I really love um, uh, oh fourth only um, Lapino the story of Lapino uh, Lapino it's uh, a rabbit oh. uh, we have very strange uh, and uh, usual adventure okay. in the whole world uh, for example in one uh, comic he died but uh, the comic after he come back oh, okay. with a, a t-shirt with a skull and I, and it just said. Uh, Maybe in other dimension, I, can, uh, I, I could be dead, but uh, here I'm alive. Okay, so it's alive now. And right. uh, I read uh, oh, five four. or four. You, no, you have four That's now, four. so you have six more to yeah. go. Okay. Um, I really love, uh, I have to be very quick. Um, uh, La Quête de l'Oiseau du Temps, The Quest of the Bird of Time. It's Okay, uh, okay it's French too. Maybe five. I have to to uh invincible from uh Kirkman. so good yeah yeah of course but i love Kirkman. it's uh and i don't remember the name of uh the one who draw invincibles in the um it is it's so good drawer i i love i love it. um uh a very important comic uh the the one i draw to seduce my wife uh, 20 years ago seven. Uh, seven. it's a story of um x-men with uh, me and my wife ah, nice. uh, uh my uh, i was uh, i in this story i i was a cyclop oh, okay uh, because uh it's a, uh, uh, a joke in french club it's a cigarette in french ah, okay and I smoke too much, so stick uh, up. It's six cigarettes. Ah, okay, okay. I have, uh, it's a very bad joke, but uh, it works. Uh, no, she's my wife. All right. Uh, <laughs> Can't argue oh, with results. Yeah. Um, only uh, uh, fr um, three more. Three more. I, I I'm looking for American things. Maybe. Um, they don't have to be real. Yep. Uh, ah, I really. It's not exactly uh, comics, but. Uh, um tom gold it's a uh, uh, um an english humorist who draw uh very very uh funny things all right um, two more yeah two more uh i i have to to say asterix because it's maybe the most famous french uh comics okay nice. and yes and one more um of course uh Sp spider-man Spider the best uh, one of the best superhero uh, of all time. Can't argue with that. And that, in fact, was a list of ten things. Ten Congratulations! Things. So now hey. you will prompt Chris and give him yeah. a, a list uh, that he will have to populate of ten things. So Chris, tell mm -hmm. me ten things uh, uh, which come in your mind when you think about friends. Oh, uh, 
friends. Wow. Uh, laughter. One. Uh, playing games. Two. Uh, bad haircuts. Three. <laughs> uh, funny voices. Four. Uh, lots of jokes. Five. Uh, good stories. Six. Bad stories. Seven. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, ups and downs. Eight. That's what friendship is. Um, bad clothes. Nine. And good food. Ten. That, in fact, was a list of ten things. All right, Chris, light on me, buddy. Oh, all right, let's go with... Uh, I think I did that one once, so we don't want to use that one. Uh, ten of your favorite games to play. Oh, uh, Hanabi. One. Batman Love Letter. Two. DC Debt Builder. Three. Marvel Legendary. Four. Splendor. Five. Pandemic. Six. Dungeons and Dragons. Seven. Action 12 Cinema. Eight. Savage Worlds. Nine. And Truth or Dare. Ten. All right. Good luck. All right. Thank you. Thank you for an easy one. Thank you so much. All right. So now we're going to move into used books. And again, this is normally the largest part of the show. That may not be tonight, but that's the way it usually works. And the idea here is that one of us is going to share a game that we either played in as a player or ran as a DM, GM, and it's a role-playing game. And we're going to try to mine it for some lessons learned, things that went really well that we have tried to carry forward and do again and repeat, or maybe something that didn't go so well and that we learned from and has made us a better GM since. So, Guillaume, you are the guest tonight. Do you have a campaign you'd like to share with us, please? Yeah, maybe um, maybe I, I can uh, share you one of the... Um... Dungeon World campaign I uh, I wrote and run okay uh, because it's I think a bit original in the uh, how I wrote uh, and pre uh, imagined the the campaign okay uh, it's a campaign about uh, uh, little guts uh, the players uh, played uh, little gods. Um, uh, who are uh, totally forgotten? Um, okay. And if uh, they um, didn't find uh, people to believe in them, they are gonna disappear. Interesting. Okay. okay. And uh, for uh, I imagine the the campaign. I start with uh, one shot of uh, Dungeon World, but they don't play uh, the little gods. They play a uh, very normal uh, character, uh, one fighter, one uh, wizard, one thief, I don't remember exactly. And during this one shot, they meet the, the gods. Um, they open uh, a door and uh, enter a, a kind of uh, white castle where uh, lived uh, five uh, little gods totally forgotten but the 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 uh, character they played at this moment remember them not like gold, uh, uh, gods but like uh, mighty heroes of the past okay it it was the first time we see those characters and after the this you have a problem? No, no, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. After this uh, one shot, I uh, the real um, campaign begin, and each uh, player 
choose one of the five little gods, gods and they play um, uh, before the exact moment where they um, uh, they are um, they disappear. They they are um, ah I can't. Uh, it's so hard at, at this time. Um, You're doing great. The, the five gods uh, they lose their each of them lose their uh, last uh, believer. Okay, so okay. they are gonna disappear, and one of them, uh, the clever one, uh, have the idea before disappear we can um, go on Earth and uh, uh, be uh, mortal. Uh, it's be uh, being uh, becoming mortal. Maybe it's better than uh, uh, vanish in the vacuum. You know. So uh, they they come on Earth like a normal person, but um, they they keep a little uh, things of their power of gods. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it was funny things because they are little gods, and all the campaign is all these five uh, people who know uh, they were gods before uh, became heroes to have new believers. But no, like uh, God, but like heroes, and create uh, their new legend, and finish to have the the white castle. So the the one shot at the beginning, uh, it's the final uh, the final episode of the campaign, and we play it at the beginning. I'm okay. not sure it's um, and when I I construct the campaign, uh, so the, this one shot. We, st we start by the one shot, which is the end. After we start the campaign where the little gods create their uh, legend, legendary legends. Mm -hmm. And at the middle of the campaign, the, the players know exactly what they want, uh, who they are, uh, what is the goal of the gods. So I'll let them decide um, what they want to, to do to uh, finish the story. And as, um, at the end of the campaign, I stay the, um, the aim of the campaign, but the player uh, wears the scenarist of the campaign. So the player create the story and I uh, run it for them. It was very interesting to, to do. Okay. Um, nice. That sounds very interesting to me. I, I really like a lot of that concept. I, I do have some questions, but I want to start with Chris. Is there anything yeah. that you would want to, to touch on there? So if I understood it right, the first game led into basically them playing a, a flashback of how they became the gods yeah. again. Yeah. Nice. That's good to have good buy-in from the players to really get into that. Uh, it. The first thing that sparked my mind was... Um, I think it was Siric the Mad. There was a book about him in Forgotten Realms that talked about how he became a god. Then he created a book that would convince you that all the other gods didn't exist. And if they didn't exist, then they all would go away. And then he would be the only god. So it's kind of where my brain was thinking about when you were talking about how if they don't have followers, they just lose their power. Which is how I've always run gods and uh, deities in my worlds is 
the more followers they have, the more powerful they are. Yeah. And if they start losing followers, they start losing power. So it's this constant struggle between not just good and evil, but all of the gods. Because even the good gods have to have some back and forth. Otherwise, they all start vanishing. In the, in the campaign, there is something like this because um, they became uh, famous and legendary uh, as um, heroes and not as gods. So the ancient gods who saw uh, them uh, become uh, maybe more famous than them became jealous. And the end of the campaign, it's a struggle be between them, the heroes, and the gods who didn't want that um, um, they can succeed in, the, in, in their quest. So it, it finished like, um, you know, all the ancient, uh, ancient gods who, who try to stop them, but they, they can't because uh, um, there is nothing to stop. You know, they're mm, just, right. if, if they kill them, they stay heroes. And if they uh, do nothing, they stay heroes. So it's just uh, um, like if you tell the story uh, between the um, destiny of humans and destiny of gods. And in fact, uh, they don't have to, to be together. It's it's, it was very interesting to, to play in a fun way because we had a lot of love. The, the little gods uh, are very, uh, at the beginning, are very ridiculous because, uh, for example, one of them is, uh, who became a, a, a dwarf fighter was the gods of the um, uh, absolute, uh, how, how to say that, someone who didn't have the sense of humor. So it was the god, uh, the god of the absence of humor. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. and so his character was very, very funny. It's like, he played like a, a bit like um, a Drax in the Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, you know? that's what I was thinking of. Someone yeah. totally literal. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It was very funny. Are you, uh, are you familiar with the book by Fred Saberhagen, the book trilogy, the the Complete Book of Swords, The Lost Book of Swords, or any of those books? It, it, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, maybe there is an, another title in French, but uh, the, the English title don't mean... So uh, in, in this series of books, I think there's like 12 or 13 books total. Um, the gods get together and decide they want to play a game where they create 12 powerful swords like the most powerful magical swords in the entire world and then they distribute them into the world and they just kind of like watch what chaos this brings they kind of have their favorites like they 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 support this person and they hope they will raise an army and take over and it's it's not really like there's a point value but the gods are playing a game with the humans well it turns out that these swords were so powerful that they can actually kill the gods themselves and eventually that's what happens uh one of the gods is killed with the sword and that kind of brings about the downfall of all of the gods because once people realize wait these gods can be killed yeah. then they're not truly worthy of devotion and the the books continue past that but like halfway through the books 
the gods themselves pretty much just go away. They're, they're no longer notable or powerful. And that was the first thing that hit my mind when we were talking about that. But I guess my first question from a, from a gaming standpoint is how much did the players know to start? Like, did you tell them this is what's going to happen? We're going to start with a one shot and then you're going to go back and then you're going to play. Or did they come to this throughout the game and how much manipulation did you need to use to make sure that you, you made that loop without them knowing ahead of time that's what they were doing? Uh, it was a more uh, accident. Uh, it, 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 it starts like an accident because um, when I started the, the one shot, I, did, uh, I didn't have the idea that uh, it could be the start of uh, a, a big campaign. And we, we play the, the one shot and the characters of the little gods, I think uh, they are so interesting. I want to develop, the, I want to, to, to play them. So I propose to the player, if you want, we can continue, but not with your actual character, but uh, with the little gods you see, but uh, we, we, we're gonna play um, um, how it starts. I say why not? So I create uh, I create the, the character like pretire. Um, uh, I don't know how to say. You know when the the DM uh, create the character, not the player. It's like an NPC, a non-player character. Not non not NPC. You know the the PC the okay. the uh, character. Oh, sorry, a pre-generated character. A exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, and. I I know how it's begin. Uh, the first part of the of the campaign, what what kind of um, uh, quest they can have uh, when they start to be human, and but I have uh, I just I say to the players, we know how it finish, but we we don't have necessary to play the story will come to the end but of course uh we did it mm -hmm. so it, it was um uh, uh like um a, a big um uh I, I wanted to play this i i um uh, i helped them to to want it too right uh uh and uh it was a lot of improvisation. I I, I love improvisation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's uh, it's my job now. <laughs> it's a part of my job. So I, I really like when um, uh, you you give all the tools to your player, uh, then uh, they can almost play without you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and uh, when you play like this, you you finish. To become the the first um, uh, audience of the, the the movie they are uh, they created. Right. Yeah. So I, I re really love this. So and it, it's really an, an exchange between uh, uh, oh I, uh, what I propose to them, how they they they, um, they take this, they create new things with it, and uh, at, at, the middle of the campaign, they really know who is 
uh, their character and what you want. So after the story uh, and crazy, uh, because my job as a DM is um, they choose what they want to play, but my job is to create um, uh, new things in this and not necessarily surprise, but um, okay, you want this, let me tell you what is it exactly. Right. You, you don't have exact uh, the idea of what you are proposing to me. Okay. So I, I don't think that you necessarily did this, but something you said made me think of that. And I just want to touch on this a little bit. Because one of the things that I like to do, uh, not always, but on occasion, is when I play a game like Dungeons & Dragons, is I will tell my players, like, you have access to all the books. But that's not how the world actually works. Like when you walk mm -hmm. into a town, you're not going to run into another fifth level fighter because everyone else in the world is just a person or a thing. You know, it could be a monster, but you are a hero. So you actually have levels and you have these abilities and like the spells that a wizard has that these are all the spells that you might pick. But if you don't pick a spell, it may not exist in this world because you are unique. And I don't know, like, you know, then you said maybe think you did that, but the idea of, of the way Dungeon World works, I'm, I'm not very familiar with the game, but a little bit, is I like the idea that the only reason that their characters have the abilities that a Dungeon World character has is because they are, in fact, these little gods and that, that their ability to, mm. like, you know, risk danger or, or all the different things, they the moves aren't, no other character in the world could have done that. It's only because they are little gods that they have those. I don't know that you did that, but I like the idea of doing that. So so if you were to do it again, do you think that might be something you would consider? Uh, I don't know uh, if I, uh, if I uh, think uh, to, to this when I play. Okay. Um, uh my, my point is uh of course their character are unique mm -hmm. uh, they are heroes they are uh not only the heroes of the world uh where they live they are the heroes of the story we tell mm -hmm. we are. so it, it's um it's they are more like um uh fantasy heroes they are um movie heroes okay so uh of course everything they do it's important even little things uh every every skill they have uh it's not only uh unique it's um it is it, for creating story mm -hmm. so um even the little uh you know there are links between the character uh in the rules of uh, dungeon worlds uh, dungeon world links uh, are useful to uh, help roles when you want to help someone if you are some links you are uh, plus uh, plus one plus two etc right yeah. but uh, but all they are written each word it's a bit uh, it's uh, a uh, it's a story mm -hmm. and my uh, what I love to do is um, use everything on the on the character sheet everything they said everything that to create the story if for example uh the link of the fifth uh, is uh i have told something to the wizard 
for example. Uh, I don't want to, at the beginning, he say, ah, yes, I, 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 uh, I don't, I don't want to know what is it exactly. Okay. Yeah. I want to uh, make it appear in the story. Mm -hmm. So maybe if at one point the wizard make a, um, you know, uh, in Dungeon World, uh, in Apocalypse World, uh, PBTA, when you roll uh, under six, it's uh, not, it's uh, bad things right. happen. Yeah. So uh, if the wizard uh, make five, for example, even uh, give him some uh, damage or something, I, I can say, uh, what do you need to, to do this? Oh, I need my special uh, book, uh, for example. Okay. Um, and the fifth is not uh, there. No, no, he, he stay at the, at the camp. Uh, I'm alone. Okay. And the fifth, can you tell me what you stole to the wizard? Oh, uh, it's a special book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and it's fun because the uh, player can uh, play with it after to use their links your, uh, to, to create a, a story between their character. And um, it's not only the, the DM who, who choose a, there is a, this thing happen, this thing happen. They can after play with it. And I, I really, my, my, my job, in both game is to uh, really create uh, um, something on the table or uh, where everybody wants to tell a good story. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, Chris, cool. anything else that came to mind you'd like to, to talk to Guillaume about or, or try to you know discuss about his campaign? I, I really like the idea. I like the idea of how the gods came to being who they are. That's a fun concept. I might steal it. Yeah, I just in in real life, I often like to think, what if God only exists because people believe in Him, and if does that even matter? Yeah, yeah that's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I just fifty-hour podcast yeah. we'd have to do separately. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on, Guillaume. Thank you so much for sharing that idea. I do really like the concept of that. It sounds like you pulled it off brilliantly, and you know, if your players had a good time. And, you know, you did it right, as we like to say. Um, so we will move now into our second improv game, and that is our finger puppet game, Where Have My Fingers Been? So in this improv game, we will once again take turns prompting one another. Uh, this time, instead of coming up with a list, we will create a small scene between two or maybe even more. If you want to get really technical like Scott and bring in extra people, up to you. I never do. Um, where they will act out a scene. Once again, Guillaume, you are our guest. So would you like to prompt someone first and have them create the scene? Or would you like one of us to prompt you first and you do your scene? Uh, last time I begin, so now I, have, uh, I give you a prompt. Maybe. Okay, so you can prompt me or Chris, whoever you want, and then that will start uh, in a circle. Um, first time I prompt Chris, so now I prompt you. Okay. So I will sing the song, because you have to sing the song. Yeah. And after that, you will give me the prompt of where my fingers are. Okay? Yeah, okay. So, um, it's it just a word, or I can uh, tell you? It's a scenario. So it's like, you know, okay. your fingers are fill in the blank. Okay? Okay. So where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Okay. So um, your, your fingers are... Um, um enemies no 
Okay. Uh, uh, in the, um, uh, an Asian movie of the 70s. Okay. Now listen here, you jive turkey. I'm bringing you down. Sucker, you ain't got nothing on me. This is obviously a black quotation action movie. Uh, you missed. Damn, I missed too. You want to like give get a cheeseburger, talk this out like like adult? You know what? That actually sounds great. Let's do that. And that's where my fingers have been. Hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Chris, Chris, I will prompt you, and then you will close the circle and prompt Gil. Um, right. So Wait. Chris, Wait. What? not yet. Why? Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Your fingers have been on an 11 day camping trip. And on day six, <laughs> one of them realizes the other has forgotten all of the food. What's for breakfast? Um, twigs and berries. I had that yesterday. Ah, well, you know, that's what I keep finding in the pack. So that's what we're going to have. Uh, maybe I should look in the pack. No, 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 no. I got it. No, 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 let me look. No, no. The pack is empty. Seriously? Well, I think I left it in Kentucky because they eat a lot there. Fine. Let's go there now. That's where my fingers have been. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, Chris, you will now prompt Guillaume. But, Guillaume, you have to start with singing the song. Yeah. Where have my finger been? I uh, said, where have my finger been? Perfect. Hey, perfect. Uh, let's see. Uh, your fingers uh, are apologizing for waking up your wife. <laughs> okay. Hey. I think we we wake up the the wife of Guillaume. No! Yes! What she did she say? She said we speak to um load uh, we we make too much noise. Too much noise! Yes! You are stupid or what? Yes, I'm stupid. I'm a left hand finger. So I'm more stupid than you, right hand finger. Yeah, you're right. So, what did you do? Maybe we can apologize. Hmm, you are not so stupid. Left hand finger. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, you are very beautiful eyes. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh what happened? I think I fell in love. No, 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 we, we cannot. Yeah, why? Because. My wife is here. What? What happened? What did you say to my husband? Uh, we have to apologize to uh, the, the wife of Guillaume. We, we, we are woke up. Okay. So go? No? Yes. But we will wake up again. Yeah. So wait tomorrow. Okay. Shh. Yeah. We have to go. Yeah. Uh, people on the screen. Uh, tomorrow morning, you, you have to apologize too. Okay. 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 Thank you. So goodbye. Bye bye. 
And that's where your fingers are. Finished. And that's where my fingers were. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you so much for playing our little silly games. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm only sad that there wasn't a live audience here to watch that because that would have been great. All right. So we'll move into the last section of the show. And this is cryptozoology. And this is where we're going to talk about yeah. a monster. Sometimes it comes from D&D. It doesn't have to be. But we're going to talk about a creature, a being, an NPC, something that we have maybe used in a game before, talk about like why we've used it, what we've used it for. And then Chris and I are going to try to come up with ways maybe we could use this creature or something similar in the future. So Guillaume, please share with us this creature you brought for us tonight. Yeah, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, Pegasus. Pegasus, it's like a, a Pegasus. Pegasus is a horse with wings, mm -hmm. but Pegasus, it's a pig. With, uh, with yes, and it, it's a friend of mine because I I, uh, I love to use it in my stories, uh, especially when I play with uh, children. And uh, I have a um, a story uh, scenario I, I I used to play with kids uh, where um, a very old king, uh, a dwarf king, uh, who live in in a, abandoned uh, city. Uh, he protect a very special uh, object. Uh, and this king uh, don't want to die. His name is uh, Arkim, uh, stronger than death. And he is immortal uh, because he has to protect this very special uh, object. And to protect this king, there is uh, Pegasus, uh, which is uh, his mount, you know, and his guard. And Pegasus is a, a giant pig with uh, wings, but very, very, very old. Very, uh, so when the, the hero uh, come, uh, maybe they, they, they think they, they find a treasure or something, they find this huge old pig with wings. And it's a very, interesting creature because uh, it's um, very dangerous because a very big pig can bite you, can uh, 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 squash you, uh, trample you. Yeah, with his wing, he can jump and and, and uh, he can uh, uh, eat you with the, if you have a, a bit in, uh, in the group, he can uh, eat the, a bit in, in one time. So it's very dangerous, but is also old and tired and maybe ill. So it's pathetic. So when the hero come, they are uh, they see this pathetic animal, maybe dangerous, maybe not. What we do, we we fight, we we give him some food, we try to to be friend with it. So it's very interesting to use it, this kind of uh, monster, especially with kids, because it's a way to um, show them that uh, fighting, it's, it's not the only solution when you have uh, with a monster. Uh, you, you can do what you want and everything is possible. You can uh, give him food and, and be friend with it. You can uh, uh, run very fast because it's old. You can run after you you can fight you can uh do what you want 
And uh, I, I want, I, I really like uh, uh, creature and enemies or NPC um, uh, with uh, a humanity or maybe it can give you uh, not only uh, a problem, but give you emotion in the story. Because for me, uh, uh, it, maybe it's pretentious, but uh, a good story, it's a story will give you emotion. Whatever emotion, it could be to be scared, to be lost, to cry, to be frightened, or to be hungry because the story is shit. Uh, but um, whatever uh, emotion, it's, uh, it's, it's a good story. So I'm a big fan. Again, if you have watched any of these or listened to these in the past, like my goal for cryptozoology is always to come up with a way to use a monster that doesn't involve just hitting it with a stick until it dies. Like, so that's absolutely my, my goal. And that's what you have just presented here is a monster that isn't, its primary purpose isn't to just be defeated, it's to be interacted with um, and allow the characters and their players to, to interact with it how they see fit. They may hit it with a stick until it dies, or they may do these other things. So off the top, I love it. Secondly, it's a bit of a pun by a Pigasaurus. I absolutely love that. So top marks, my friend, off the bat, top marks. Okay, so Chris, any ideas on how you could use a Pigasaurus? A Pigasus, uh, sorry, a Pigasus, yeah. 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 Pigasaurus is a pig dinosaur, which is also cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But a Pigasus, here's what we're doing with. Um, wow. I agree. If I had, if I was running a game for kids, that would be a fun one for kids. Um, I mean, I I'm don't do stuck. voices, just... but I think I could, you know, a little <laughs> bit and, and maybe do that one. I'm still stuck on the image of a giant pig just flattening your party when a big belly flop. Oh, and I think it's got to have little wings, like wings that are just way too small to actually work for a creature that size, in my yes. version at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it would be a fun, fun creature to put in there with the kids. I agree with that. I think it would also work really well in a lighthearted game. Maybe somehow that's the theme of the game. Different animals or something uh, that, that the party is adventuring to either collect or discover. Or you, if you wanted to go the, you know, sometimes my direction with Shadow of the Demon Lord style darker, maybe the the Pegasus is a uh, creature that a mad scientist has created. And it's just one of many that the party has to interact with to get through to the evil wizard or however you want to call it. Um, just depends upon what flavor you want to go with. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, again, my, my mind does immediately go to a dark place. And I'm, both of you may or may not be aware that it is uh, common might not be the right word, but it is known that in some places that a way to get rid of a body, yes. throw it in a pig's die. Because the pigs mm -hmm. will eat everything. Teeth, bones, there, there will be nothing left of this body. So if you're trying to get rid of one, that's, that's one thing you can do. So I do kind of like the, the symmetry of there being this almost like pig dragon, this big pig with wings that you know people sacrifice people to. Very classical dragon story, but you, you put the Pegasus in there instead. Um, but it has gotten so old and ancient that maybe it just doesn't have the desire anymore. So that is, you know, it's, it's like a, a sickness or a, a malaise that has come on it. And the, and the players are, are there maybe to like try to convince it that life is still worth living. So you have almost like a therapy session 
with the Pigasaurus of like trying to convince them that, no, you need to go out and eat more people. Like, you know, that's what you're here for is to, you're here to eat people. And I don't know why, but that just makes me laugh just to think that that's the goal of the, the, this interaction is to convince the dangerous beast to go out and be dangerous. I don't yet know why that would be helpful. Maybe they're trying to get something in the Pigasus' lair and they need the Pigasus to leave and go like rummage this, you know, the, the, the landscape or the whatever the village, the village below. So they have time to sneak in and get what they need. So that might be kind of fun. But I also have this just weird thought of like multiple Pegasus that like everyone rides, you know, like more like a true Pegasus that they just take place to place. But at the end of the game, they're eating bacon. And it's just like the Pegasus had one last gift to give the world. Uh, I don't know why, but I also think that's quite funny. That, that went dark. Uh, you, you can maybe use it um, in the legendary uh, uh, way. Uh, what is the mount of uh, Dwarf Valkyrie? Mm, okay, yes. I, I maybe you, you find a, a Valkyrie without mount and you have to help her to, to find uh, a Pegasus. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, it could be a quest to, to find one, catch him, uh, maybe apprivoiser, uh, uh, you know, um, Mickey um, uh, is a wild animal, and you have to to make it uh, to Tame it. you know, yeah, because you the Valkyrie have to to mount it. It could be a a funny quest. So, what wasn't in the mythology that only a, a virgin virgin could ride the Pegasus? Like, there wasn't there some connection to like oh, being pure? A virgin or a vegan? Well, that's what I say. Maybe, maybe the Pegasus is it's a vegan. Only vegans can capture yeah. Pegasus because uh, they have have not touched the you know meat to their lips or something. So that could be a fun little sort of subversion on the true mythology. Um, pigs are supposed to be really smart. Like certainly, at least certain types of pigs are supposedly smarter than dogs. Like that, you know, people keep them as pets. So maybe you could do something with how highly intelligent the Pegasus is. That you know you have to. Uh, and treat with it at a higher level. You can't just like, you know, throw a rope around its neck. You've got to like convince it, uh, you know, that it's, that you need its assistance. Uh, maybe beat it at a game of chess. Like that could be like a puzzle in the game as your player has to actually like outplay it or something. That could be fun. Uh, but I, I think probably best lean into the lightheartedness of it is just, yes, to have a, a big pot-bellied pig with tiny wings taking the characters from place to place and then just doing a funny voice uh, would probably be worth its weight in gold uh, for an encounter with kids. So that alone is probably just, I don't know that you need to add anything. I think you just need to drop Pegasus into your game and I think you've got a good time. Yeah. Chris, are you I thought you were trying to hold your finger I, up. I just, I had a kind of a different thought. Mm -hmm. What if they don't have, what if their goal is to protect the Pegasus? Pigs do a lot of rooting around what if they have to, you know, rut their nose in the ground to help the farmers have successful crops and the, the party has to protect a few of the Pegasus from maybe a griffin or something that likes to eat them, you know, okay. with whatever their natural enemy is. Right. I mean, again, you got truffle pigs. So maybe, you know, maybe in this fantasy world, uh, these pigs find like treasure or gold or, or gems and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you got like this prized Pegasus and it's, again, the dragon or the hippogriff or, or whatever yeah. comes to attack it. And so 
it's uh, the you know the Pegasus is doing its thing, completely oblivious to the fact that it's in danger, and the heroes just have to protect it. That could be fun. You said truffle, and I just pictured a, a pig doing the truffle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, this has been great. I actually, I, I, there will be a Pegasus in a game I run soon. Because uh, I, I, I run games for my boys. Uh, they're 10 and 11 right now. So whatever game we play next is definitely going to have a Pegasus in it. So for nothing else, thank you for that, sir. Um, <laughs> so we don't have a live audience tonight, so we get to skip the Q&A. Uh, so we will just kind of go into wrap-up. So Guillaume, if people want to find you, support you on the internet, find the games that you have written, where can they go? How can they interact with you? Um, my games are, uh, uh, the PDF are on uh, itch.io, itch.io. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I have, um, um, most, uh, all my games are in French. So if you read French, you can, uh, you can uh, read every game. Uh, most of them are translated in English, and some of them are translated in Japanese. Okay. Uh, and uh, Sonia and Conan versus the Ninja, including this extension, uh, um, uh, Cowboy and Aliens. It's a, a, a Western vintage uh, sci-fi uh, extension. Or uh, in book, you can buy it on Lulu. Uh, you know, uh, Lulu, uh, it's a uh, print yeah. on demand. It's something like this. Yeah, I, I've purchased a white hack off of uh, Lulu. Yeah. And uh, my drawing are on my website. Uh, I create a, a website. It's a, a very bordel. It's a, it's a mess. It's, but uh, you, you can see all my um, drawings. And I, I am on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter. Too. Right. Uh, I I will send you the the links. Uh, during uh, when you speak uh, when you spoke about uh, because I, I, I uh, quickly draw it. Oh, nice! So uh, I will uh, scan the drawing and I send you um, by uh, by Twitter. I can send you yeah. image. I think. Yeah, did that in what two minutes? That would have taken me two years to draw that thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that would have been mostly uh, tracing. <laughs> I cheating. I I became this uh, drawing uh, twenty years ago, and uh, I just put the name. Ah, yeah, oh. nice. <laughs> it would have taken me twenty years to get there, anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Guillaume, again, thank you so much for joining. I had a blast talking with you. I know you. Absolutely. You said you had a little bit of worry about your English. It was fine. I don't Absolutely. think it caused any problems whatsoever. And again, I think you still spoke better than I do normally. So, uh, thank you. My apologies to your wife, so please do apologize for me for, yeah. for keeping her up this late. Um, but uh, Chris, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you? Uh, Twitter is easiest, uh, Berlu underscore Chris. Uh, otherwise, find me on the Redemption Podcast or sometimes on this show. Yeah, on occasion, uh, but not <laughs> next time because I think, well, you might actually be back. I'll be back. It's 14 days, yeah. Uh, math. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. And again, of course, my Michael at the RPG Academy. Everything I do can be found there, except for Farm to Fable, which is my Smallville rewatch fan cast. We just started our season three release, uh, actually yesterday. So uh, weekly, as long as I can keep up, we'll be releasing those throughout all of season three. I finally, Calum convinced me that I need to do a, a, a newsletter. So I'm currently accepting 
signups for a Action 12 Cinema newsletter as well as an Akatakon newsletter. Both of those will be linked in the show notes along with everything we've talked about from Guillaume as well as Redemption. So if you would like to get updates on Action 12 Cinema and its development and the initial Kickstarter release whenever that happens, you can do so by clicking that and same thing with Akatakon. Uh, and then all of our Twitters and all that stuff will be on there as well. So thank you both for joining me tonight. I had an absolute blast and uh, hopefully those listening did as well and we'll go check out your work Guillaume maybe get you some additional copies sold of your game I do very much look forward to reading it once I have sort of locked in Action 12 Cinema and uh, and seeing how maybe we've come up with similar concepts yeah, but yeah. how we executed them hopefully differently I'm hoping we didn't create the same game though that would be kind of fun too uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm assuming there will be some differences but uh, with that we will say good night and until next time remember folks if you're having fun yeah. And Chris, uh, happy holidays. Oh, um, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy enjoy your vacation. I hope you survive it. I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.